Evenings. Okay, there. Old boy. How are you, lad? I'm all right. Still recovering from your rant in the group. That was, oh god, you oh. had me going. Which one was that? There's, a, there's been yeah, a few exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Oh my god. Well, keep you boys on the, on your toes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it is. Oh, raining you won't believe it is it yeah pissed it down all week <laughs> it's just started raining again now as I was driving in from work <laughs> but let's crack on with this thing so the reason I wanted to get this thing going again was seeing Pip's Pip's birthday today so it's no better time than ever oh <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know yeah uh, 326 matches, 239 wins, a win rate of 73%, 796 goals scored, massive goal dis- difference. He's won four League Cups, three Premier Leagues, two Community Shields, an FA Cup. He's won the Premier League Manager of the Match of the Month 11 times, and he's been the Premier League Manager of the Season three times. So I think we can all agree that's quite a feat. So. What stands out to you guys with uh, what Pep's done and how he's what he's managed to do is seemed almost easy compared to the other clubs that are struggling at the moment. Uh, he, he's in he's in a different league, isn't he? He's in a league of his own. I think. I think that much is clear to see once you just see what he's like on the sidelines and what he's like in training. And he's he's got a system. He's got a way of wanting to play football, and he's. He sticks with it. Uh, he buys players not because of who they are. He buys them because he thinks they can get into his team. He's very unique, um, and I think that some of his signings may not have worked out, but the majority, even if they don't work out straight away, eventually they start coming into the player that he knew they always could be. And I think a couple of examples is like Rodri this season. He's starting to really come into that defensive midfielder role and, and you know, grab the ball by the arms. And it, it seems to be his place. Even Fernandinho is struggling to get in there now. Um, so Pep knows his players. And he, he's built it gradually. And he's not gone and spent loads and loads of money. The club has over the course yeah. of time. But, but, but Pep, Really, he's just gone for targets. Apart from when he first came, apart from when he first came, you know, he put he bought fullbacks which he needed, but he's bought where where he's needed, and and he's bought positions that he needs a couple of years to gel and get in in the role before that next person moves on, so that the team is in safe hands. And I just think that the guy's in a different league, quite frankly. Uh, hats off to him. And there's no, there's no reason why that record will not get better and better and probably never get beaten again, in my opinion. I mean, we've already eclipsed so many Premier League records today, haven't we? So he hasn't done the games that Alex Ferguson did and he hasn't spent the time at the one club that Fergie did. But if he sticks around with us, God knows how many records the guy could break. It's frightening. Visible fan number two. Is that what we're known as these days? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how how you look at it. The the, the, the days of us, you know, ripping through managers uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands, we were, we had that reputation of sacking managers, and then one finally comes where it just clicks. Um, you know, I think it's more it's more than a manager. I think with his backroom staff. Um, the recruitment's been well, there's been good, you know, like like we've already heard. There's been planes that have come and it's not necessarily worked. But I could probably say if you look before he came to the club, managers were making bigger mistakes. No names mentioned, Joe, <laughs> Caicedo, these type of guys. Um, it seems like signings that have been made have been made with a purpose to fit into his set way. Um, I seem to remember in the early days, first season didn't win the league and, and the jury was out and he was being called Fraudulo, Fraud, I can't even say it, Fraudiola. And so he's making everyone look very silly, isn't he? I mean, like you say, players are taking a while to gel into the system. Rodri being one of them. I, 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 I believe Grealish will come good. Might take him 12 months, but he'll come good. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't come to the club and become a become a bad player. Um, but yeah, the superlatives that have been thrown his way. I mean, is he the greatest ever? Will he go down by the end of his career as the greatest ever? I mean, it's hard to say, isn't it? He's won league titles in Spain, Germany, England, um, the hardest leagues, Champions Leagues. I think, unfortunately, though, the one thing that maybe not us fans, but the media will look at is that elusive Champions League. I um, never forget. <laughs> never forget. I mean, never. I remember watching that game, devastated, but I think on that night, it was very, very plain to see that we were here to stay. And you carry on the form that we've shown this year already. I can't see us not getting very, very far in that competition. Um, I mean, the league is looking very promising. I'm not going to, um, you know, taint anything. Um, I mean, the lead that we've we've made is 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 mega. We're not making excuses. We're playing games, unlike a certain number of teams out there who won't be named uh, with the whole situation that's going on. But you know, I seem to remember there was calls to dock us points or kick us out of the league for a postponement during this whole process. I can't remember where was it the Everton game and there was calls to yep. boot them out of the league and oh they're ruining football, this, that and the other and now the past month the boots on the other foot were putting out different elevens each game depending on the circumstances and putting everyone to rights and Pep has, has, has led the way. The media still don't see it, or a lot of them anyway. But I'd like to think, you know, it becomes undeniable um, to a certain aspect, doesn't it? I mean, the, them lot over the other side did three on the bounce. Who's to say we can't do that or even eclipse that? I think if he does that, it will, uh, yeah, he's, he's going a long way to say the greatest ever or one of the greatest ever. Yeah. So, yeah, can't say big enough words about the man rescued well, us from yeah. from the doldrums yeah 
I like about him is he has that like no nonsense approach. So he's happy to leave big signings on the bench. And the 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 interesting about it thing about it is they never get angry. You never hear our players coming out complaining about you know game time being left on the bench and all that. It seems to be they understand the process and they they respect him enough to like complain, which I think is quite a good testament to him. And what I have noticed recently is it's it's almost like he has learned from his mistakes a little bit. He's he's keeping a similar team and methodology throughout the season now. And and um he's not tinkering as much in Champions League games. We we could could say coasted through a group of death in the Champions League. Mm. Um mm. Eh, eh, kind of. But um moving on from that, let's get on to one of his signings who's now just um set another record as we were saying. Edison has kept a clean sheet in 50% of his City games. He's the only keeper with 100 plus appearances to do it. He's 166 games. So just a few stats. He's conceded a goal on average every 125 minutes. So that's just under one and a half games. He concedes a goal. His save rate is 70.4%. His pass accuracy, which I found amazing, is 85%. And this is considering he doesn't do the easy layoff pass to the centre back at the top of the box. He generally bombs them halfway up the field to wing or tries to send a striker through. Um, so with that, he's had two assists, which I don't know of many keepers in the Premier League who've had two assists. And he's created six other goal scoring opportunities and City have won 70, 70, 77% of the games that he has started, which is amazing. So there's a, a signing. He, he's wound me up a few times. He has done those kind of very relaxed passes when we're under pressure that you just get you on the edge of your seat. But I think overall, he's he's exactly what City need. What do you guys think of him? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's going to go down in history as being quite possibly the best keeper that's graced the Premier League if he carries on at that rate. He's got something that I've not seen in any Premier League keeper since it started. And that's his accuracy with kicking the ball out to any area on the pitch. Um, his composure is excellent. He's great on his left and his right. Uh, and that's just his outfield play. He's also an excellent keeper. Um, so... I mean, he's had some good plays in front of him over his tenure uh, and hopefully he'll have some great plays in front of him to continue. But under pressure, he's a great keeper as well and he's pulled off some amazing saves. So, I, I, I generally do believe that he's in the top five currently best keepers that have graced the Premier League and he's, he's really up there as in tight close with the likes of Schmeichel um, who I thought was the great keeper um, a little bit different and though. I think yeah I think all keepers are, 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 are ever so different but he's got it all and um I just think he's going to go from strength to strength, to be honest with you. He's still a young lad. And as goalkeepers go, they can go on into the mid-30s. 
So he's got plenty of years ahead of him, and I think the only way he's going to go is forward. And there's be some records that could be broken there as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Premier League all-time record. Yeah, I mean, again, stats-wise, I was one of them when Hart was ruthlessly dropped from the team, sent out to Italy, sent out to God knows how many other teams, and we all said, oh, Joe Hart, club legend this, club legend that. It's humble pie time, isn't it? We all, as fans, you know, at the time were, were livid, and then as time's gone on, proven wrong bit by bit, um, he fits the system, he's unflappable, doesn't panic, comes out of goal and drops basically into a into a back three when we've got the ball. It's uh, his distribution is is ridiculous, and when you consider what we paid for him, I'm just looking now. Edison, thirty five million pounds, and we've had five years out of him up to now. Um, probably are going to see another five million. When you consider that Everton paid thirty million pounds for Jordan Pickford, and a certain Scouse team in red paid £67 million for Alisson. He's half the price and and a better keeper. Everyone's always said, oh, Alisson, or oh, Brazilian number one. When you look at it like that, he's half the price. And then when you look at our opponents from the weekend, Chelsea, Kepa, who was in goal for them, most expensive goalkeeper of all time, £70 million. Yeah. So he's half the price of Alisson and half the price of Kepa. I mean, how did how did any other team miss? Um, yeah. Were they scared to pay the money? You just don't know, do you? But to think of it now, I couldn't think going forward. If one day he leaves, surely we have to train someone to fit that that ball playing goalkeeper role. Um, you know, there's goalkeepers out there who've tried to replicate, but, but he's just completely unrivaled. Um, distribution. I mean, don't let that take anything away from me. Shot stopping, fingertip saves. Yes, like I say, he does frustrate me sometimes with some of the goals he might let in. But let's look at the facts here. Like you say, he's assisting goals. There's even been talk that he can take penalties. <laughs> what would you give for him slapping a penalty in the Premier League? Eh? Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it, I don't think he'd miss if he was given the opportunity. He'd probably oh, break no the chance. Net. Well, there yeah, was a video. There was that video during the round of Joe Hart um, against Roma. I don't know if you guys saw it. Where he scored he, in a preseason friendly, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he scored he, in a. He scored a penalty, saved saved the one penalty from the one guy where he said uh, he knows what he's going to do. You know the typical keeper mind games. But I mean, I know Joe Hart's a, a historical player, but I've got mad respect for that guy. He's never come out and said anything bad about City, and I think he was probably yeah. he was probably one of the best keepers. City have had prior to um, Edison, um, but, but were those other keepers a knee-jerk reaction because of Edison? Do you think? Because I think City bought Edison before those other clubs bought theirs, didn't they? Yeah. So Edison was 2017, Pickford was 2017, but then Allison and Kepa were the year after. So yeah. maybe they were trying to copy the process. I mean, yeah. I know the uh, other teams have been trying to play this false nine system that we've been employed recently because. You know, we struggle so much without a striker, apparently. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like everyone's just chasing shadows at the moment. Whatever Man City do, everyone seems to uh, 
jump on the bandwagon, try and try, try and play the same process, try and play the same game. But you know, this 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 art form that's been made by Pep is not something that's come overnight. It's been trained and and drilled on a training pitch for years and years and years. Where we're at the point now where we've got a solid squad, good age. I mean, Fernandinho. We said, could he be replaced? <laughs> and we had the uh, we had the worries, but it looks like potentially he has been. I mean, I can't see the holes in this team for the next two or three years now going forward. Like, how do we get better? Well, I think I think there's only one position, and it's a position at the moment we're not looking like we need. But that's a striker. But if we do go back to playing an out and out striker, then I think we do need one because. Yeah. Sterling Jesus are not out and out strikers. We know that, um, and obviously the likes of Grealish, Foden, and Bernardo are more of what we call creative attacking midfielders. But um, I think that's the only position at the moment that we're lacking. And maybe uh, I hate to say it because I really do like the player, but just probably a, a step up on quality of. Zinchenko, but I still think he's a great player as as cover. Yeah. Um, other than that, we are we've got we've got two great players in every position at point. Yeah, it's quite scary, isn't it? Like you're looking at this whole situation with the games getting postponed. We could arguably, well, not even arguably, we can put two teams out. It's it's frightening, really. Um, yeah. You know, Carl Walker goes out for six weeks. You throw Cancelo in at right back. Um, Didn't you even know, miss him. We, we, yeah, Didn't even I mean, everyone's, certain teams are crying and moaning at the moment about COVID situation, about African Cup of Nations, teams that will remain nameless, but you know who we're talking about. Uh, you know, they're missing players, they're making every excuse under the sun to have games postponed. You know, we're missing Mares. I mean, looking at the figures this year, he's been one of our most potent goal threats. I think um, he's, he's scoring goals and, you know, he just drops out the team and, and it's just another day. Um, it's frightening, really, and um, yeah, long may it continue. And to think that you know we get him back in a month or two, and it's like he's never been away. It's um, yeah, it, it's crazy. So, so onto the um, onto the the. I mean, I, I've obviously had some opinionated views on Mares, Sterling, all the rest of it, Rodri. Yeah. You know, and once again, this is why Pep is where he is, and I am where I am. <laughs> but uh, Rodri's been fantastic, and I think in the uh, I didn't watch the Chelsea game. I, I watched the I watched the, some recorded highlights of it. But what I, what I did see is that Sterling looked amazing. Like took he, he was taking on defenders and not only taking them on, but actually beating them, which which he hasn't been doing a lot throughout the season. Um, yeah. yeah, there was the. Um, the Grealish miss, which I think, well, the expecta- well, I think the expectations save. Like, was a great save. Was a great save, but I think the uh, so so the, the three the three things I think I want to just uh, touch on for for this Chelsea game was that we we ground out another win. Uh, the last three games have been wins that were by a goal. Um, then the second thing is the Grealish and Lukaku miss. So. Lukaku missed a, a pretty good opportunity, and for someone who's been spouting off in the media as much as he has, he should be bearing that goal. Um, 
um, for me, Grealish is, it hit Kepa's thigh. I, I'm gonna call it a great save because if that happened at the other side of the pitch, I'd, I'd be I'd be praising Edison. And then Sterling's been looking, he looked great in what I saw. So so what do you guys think of that Chelsea game Like that I missed? Yeah, I mean, for me, the, 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 the Chelsea game, I mean, you mentioned the words there, it was a it was a narrow 1-0 win, but let's get the facts right here. Chelsea were dominated in the first half. They didn't have a shot on goal. In the whole game, I think they had two shots on goal. Uh, for a team where the media jump on this bandwagon about how good their manager is and how good a squad they are, this, this, that and the other. They were pathetic. They were absolutely pathetic. We've played them in two games. We played them at Stamford Bridge. They were absolutely diabolical and, and were dismantled by Man City. And it's the second time in two games where they've had exactly the same thing happen. You want to call it the, uh, there was a, there was a situation in the crowd uh, during the game, and I want to talk about a certain Jim Beglin in a minute, but we'll get to that. Uh, they're, they're idiotic fans are waving blow-up European Cups. And common, the commentators are making making a mockery of, oh, European Cups, this, oh, yeah, certain fans are trying to take the piss. Let's have this right. They were diabolical. They were an absolute embarrassment. And if they carry on playing the way they've been playing, they'll be lucky to finish in the top four. That's the first thing about Chelsea. Secondly, Jim Beglin making half-assed comments with his red cap on his head at the same time. No coincidence. He's come out and apologised so be it for calling a slip of the tongue, calling it empty ad. It's, it's absolute media bitterness. It's no coincidence this guy, and he does it week in, week out on Premier League TV. He hates Man City, absolutely hates Man City. Same as the BT Sport guys, McManaman, Owen, all of them lot. It's just, it's, it's embarrassing for them. You know, you look at it in the media now and you say that the UK media should be impartial or they should give a view. These guys are just absolute clowns. So that's your Jim Beglin bit. Romelu Lukaku, prima donna. Glad we didn't sign him. There was talks we were going to take him. Um, kisses the badge of every team that he's played for. He's a mercenary. He will do whatever yeah. he's told for money. He left Inter Milan, comes to Chelsea, 97, yeah. 95 million pounds. He's causing uproar. He's not even been in the team six months. And let's be honest here he was forced to come out and apologize the guys are walking absolute disaster there's a reason he didn't work out at man united it's because his work ethic and everything about him you know it's funny to laugh at man united of course it is but at the same time you know he's gone to inter milan he's done well yeah he scored goals at everton fine but the reality is is that when he's had to go to that top level man u chelsea he's not been this world-beating bulldozer that, that that people are portraying him as. Um, I think he's a one-trick pony. Diaz made him. Uh, sorry, the Stones and uh, Laporte made him look amateur. Good to see Johnny back. Good to see Johnny back. Yeah, he was made to look. He was made to look really, really, really poor at the weekend. So I think that covers the points. Lukaku's an embarrassment. Jim Beglin's an embarrassment. Um, and Chelsea's football at the weekend was anti-football, I would call it. Um, you know, reigning European champions. I think UEFA and the Champions League should be embarrassed that a team can supposedly win Champions Leagues playing what I would define as anti-football. Five at the back, come on. Anyway, I've said too much. 
<laughs> yeah, well, similar to Invisible fan number two there. Um, if, if you look at the statistics in the game and just read the statistics, you would say it was one-way traffic. Watching the game, I actually thought it was one-way traffic. We dominated the game in possession. First half, I think there was a record that they haven't had for God knows how many years. I think it was even Premier League history. Chelsea had never touched the ball inside uh, an opponent's six-yard box in the whole of that first half. Not even touched it inside. So, um, if you look at the, the build-up, they were very defensive, Chelsea. And um, City had the possession, we created chances. Uh, we, we, we took the game to him. But our, I thought that our closing play down was exceptional. Uh, we didn't let them play ball. They were their game plan was to try and hit us on the break, and their two opportunities, especially the Kaku's chance, was was exactly that. So that tells you a lot about the opposition at the moment fearing City, and they should fear us. And if I look at the games against all the top four teams at the moment, we smashed Chelsea at their place. In my opinion, we smashed them at our place and it, the, the result could have been different. It was 1-0, but all the pundits said it, apart from beggars. Um, but there's only one team in that league at the moment playing consistent, top-quality football. And if there was any other teams doing it, they wouldn't be so many far points behind us. So, where are we going to go? Um all we need to do is just keep doing what we've been doing, one game at a time, put a team out and just keep playing the same way. And that league is ours, in my opinion. Um, I just want to go back, though, and touch on Pep. And this is nothing against Pep, but the backroom staff as well have got to get a big thumbs up because I think in order to be a successful club, you need top people right the way through the club. And that's coaches, it's physios, it's canteen ladies. You need to be getting that environment. And I and I look at our neighbours and I look at our club and there just seems to be so much harmony at City at the moment that I think that's one of our key ingredients in the recipe for success. And I think something at our neighbours, there isn't that. Every single one of our footballers as well, they seem to be intellectuals. They seem to be all what I call bright, intelligent footballers. And they're all extremely hard workers as well. The ones that aren't are generally the ones that aren't playing that regular. But where do I see where do I see City? I just can't see us dropping too many points this season. I wouldn't be surprised if we actually went on this season to break another record in terms of points accumulation. Mm. I really, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, just everyone is working so hard for each other. They just, it's like this team are saying, do you know what, we're not beating another Premier League record we're beating an internal Manchester City record and to prove that they're the best team 
for Manchester City. It's um, but isn't that a great thing to have? Because that that that's just that just says that we're just gonna have continued success in my opinion if, if that attitude stays up like that. So so one thing I just also just wanted to point out from the Chelsea the Chelsea game is that um I would argue that Kante is probably the best CDM the Premier League has seen. Um and it hates me to put him over Ferner. I think they're different players, but for me Kante is an absolute machine and if he if he signed for City I wouldn't be upset and when we play against him I'm 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 a bit nervous because that, that he can disrupt something. But KDB glided past him and not only did that, but finished a great finish in front of uh, Thiago Silva, a back five, as you said earlier. So all of these idiots that are comparing Bruno Fernandes and Mount to KDB, what are we thinking about that? For me, they must rather shut up. They, don't, they mustn't say anything because KDB proved during that goal that he is that he is world class. He's world class, and I, and I don't think many uh, central midfielders in the Premier League can touch him. Absolutely not, in my opinion. His record since he joined City has been exceptional. Um, for, for Havertz, who's joined Chelsea, I mean, he's a pup at the end of the day. He's got talent. But you can't even compare him to De Bruyne until he's got three or four seasons and a bit of a record of his own in the Premier League underneath him. So push that one to one side. Fernandez has been there, what? Is it two and a half seasons? Maybe maybe three or maybe only two. This is his third season. Yeah, he's had two good seasons at United, but he's not really set the world on fire. Most of his goals were from the penalty spot. Um, assists, yeah, he's pretty good, but He's got a lot of catching up to do. If you are looking for an out-and-out, top-class, creative midfielder, I think you've got to go back a long, long time to try and find someone that's that's hitting the statistics that the Bruni's hitting, and, and he's done it consistently since he's been with us. So you can't even, I, I don't think you can even compare. He's leaps, leaps and bounds ahead of, ahead of everyone at the moment. Yeah, it's it, it's again. I'm going to use this word embarrassing. People who are even putting Fernandez in the same breath as him. Um, don't get me wrong; he's got talent. It's absolutely no doubt. But he's 27 years of age. You know, he's come from Sporting, scored what 33 goals, I think, over half of them penalties. And then this year he's looked crap. Penaldo's come in, ruined the squad ruined the dynamic of them which I'm absolutely loving I've got to, got to say um, but they that team him to even put him in the same breath as De Bruyne is uh, is a joke <laughs> um, he's proved nothing he's not won anything he's in a team which is failing in the most expensive uh, waged Premier League team at the moment um, they're not going to win anything and I'm sure, you know, it's all well and good scoring penalties and celebrating and dancing around on social media or kicking up a fuss like he's been doing, but he, he, he's delusional. Media, fans, anyone thinks that he's even in the same bracket as Kevin De Bruyne and he's to take a good 
long look at themselves. I mean, you mentioned his goal at the weekend. I mean, this is Kevin De Bruyne as someone who's had injury problems for the past six months. He picks up that ball. Kante, in truth, tries to hack him. He just bounces off him and just puts it in the far corner. Just so natural. Um, you know, Kante sits there and the talk. danger, though. Yeah, Kante he's tried to take him out and he was having he, none of he it. He knew, he knew. Yeah, and then, and again, Kante is a fantastic player. I mean, he's won Premier League titles with two different teams. Uh, one being Leicester, which is crazy in itself. But yeah, these, these, you know, De Bruyne, yeah, is he is he past his best? Who knows? Have we seen the best of him in the Premier League? Have we, who knows? But the, what, what, what will go down in folklore is you know, the assist numbers, the goal numbers, the contributions that he puts into this team. Um, crazy. You know, I always look back at, you know, them that stupid uh, Sky Sports interview back in the day where, who was it, Paul Merson was having a laugh with himself on, on Soccer Saturday and they're all moaning, saying, this boy, De Bruyne, 50 million quid, they must be having a look at themselves. I mean, let, let's get this right. You know, 50 million quid. Newcastle have just paid 25 million for Chris Wood. Let's get this right here. Fifty million pounds for him. If you could go back now and say that we've had what is it six, seven years out of him now for fifty million quid? I mean, it's it's got to go down. Yeah, and and that's the key thing. Everyone was laughing at us as a club when we were paying fifty million for Kyle Walker. Everyone's been made to look very foolish. Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, we bought him in twenty fifteen, so we're pushing seven years of him now. Um, nearly 200 appearances. All these pretenders out there trying to make Man City look stupid, spending 50 million on Canseo or whatever it was, 50 million on Walker. Everyone's laughing here, there and everywhere. 50 million on Diaz. We're just making these guys look stupid over and over and over and over. And uh, yeah, the, the comparisons between Fernandez and De Bruyne need to stop because they're in different leagues. But that just goes to show the foresight of our of our owners. The fact that we have, that we sure we've spent money. Everyone spends money to win the league. Okay, you have to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, the signings we've done, it's a, it's a massive success rate. It's not your. You, you you take about those the the red guys across the road. I mean, they've spent more than us, and they're not even in the conversation of winning the title. So. I don't, I don't buy into this thing that money can buy you the title. It can get you close to the title, but you, know. you have to buy the right people. Yeah, I mean, I saw something on social media this week um, after United's first game of the season against Newcastle. Oh, we're going to win the league. You know, Ben Shaw has shown his true colours. He's been absolutely tough. He's been absolutely rubbish. Um, obviously, wasn't made of the right stuff. Man City saw that. Um, he's gone to Dortmund. And don't get me wrong, has done very, very well but he's going into a supposedly big team and it's flopped. There's no other way you can look at it. Um, you know, they've bought in Ronaldo, they've bought in Varane, they've bought in Bencho, you know, all these guys. They've, they've, in my opinion, they've gone backwards. At least last year, there was a bit of harmony and a bit of fight in that team. Now it just seems like they're just, a, you know, a, a team of prima donna overpaid players who, who really don't care that much. The fact that if the rumours are to be true that Martial refused to play at the weekend... Come on, there's, there's there's major major problems in that club, and people want to stand there and point fingers. Where where does it start with them? Is it the ownership? Is it the players? Who is it? Everyone's pointing fingers at each other. Ole out, Ole in. He was here. He's there. He's everywhere. 
the club's in disarray. It's an absolute joke, and uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, I mean, the differences between the two clubs at the moment is night and day. One is being managed the right way, spending the money in a, in, in the right way, winning winning trophies, um, breaking records. The other one is potentially going to finish in Europa League places and and uh, have the highest wage bill in the Premier League. So, yeah, what can you do? Okay, the, the next thing that we're getting into where I am definitely out of my depth is the latest tweet by Swiss Ramble. He went through the... He went through Man City's accounts in, in quite a lot of detail and seemed impressive. The two things that two things that stuck out to uh, to me that uh, City constantly be are constantly whipped with for is the fact that we made a profit during COVID and we were one of the only teams in the Premier League to do that, if if not the only team to do that. Um, I stand to be corrected, but the other thing that really stood out to me is the fact that we made a profit after buying a hundred million pound record signing in the way of Jack Grealish. The fact that we've made a profit from selling, does that mean that we're a selling club now? That, that, all, the other <laughs> team, that, that all the other teams like to throw in our faces? Uh, no, the, 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 I think the, I think the profit was was done, not not just as selling, um, and I'm pretty sure that what they were saying was with the Torres sale to Barcelona and Sane that, and I also watched Swiss Swiss Rumble on Barcelona, okay, um, so apparently that's they can only afford to pay us over four payments because they're they're uh, they're really struggling at the moment in fact they're the worst performing club uh economically out of probably the top 20 clubs at the moment um what we've done as a club is we've made money through commercial revenue because even our match day revenue it's nothing like what it is at old trafford um old trafford have got a lot more corporate boxes and uh, corporate seats with restaurants where they make uh, quite a lot of money per annum, or should I say per season, or per tax year, whatever you want to call it, um, from matchday hospitality compared to what we do. Same with Arsenal, same with Tottenham and Chelsea. And I don't know whether that's due to the costs or, or, or just how, how they've got that as a ratio on bums on seats within the stadium. But we... Um, we are now eclipsing Man United, not far off, on commercial revenue. And if we look at United's history in Champions League and getting knocked out, their revenues that they were taking on UEFA Cup uh, money drops and has dropped considerably. Ours has just hit a record. Mm. The only team to get better than us was Chelsea because they, they won it and I think they got one million extra than us um, I think one thing on your uh, per annum finances is player amortisation probably said that wrong but 
Um, what City do, they've got a player that they like and they want to keep him. They give contract uh, increases in terms of tenure. That may well come with wage increases, but a lot of our players that we sign end up wanting to re-sign and continue on. Mm. And at the moment, the player amortisation is not low, it's very high because we've still got a lot of our top-class players signed up for many years to come. And if you have a well-run club and you're winning and you're successful, why would they want to go anywhere else unless they're concerned that they can't get in the team and get the regular football that they need? Ferran Torres, for example. Mm. But um, if you're happy in a team and you think you can get enough game time that satisfies you because everyone's different, and City's the place to be at the moment. And so many players are re-signing for additional contract extensions. And that puts our finances in, in, in a good spot. But also, all of your commercial deals that you make, they're all payable on what you win and what you achieve. So the better you perform and the better you achieve, all the bonuses kick in with that. And I think we've just signed three new deals I think one with Dubai Expo, one with Emirates Palace, and another one, I can't remember it now. But we are signing, we've got some fantastic commercial revenue coming into that club. And the way we're playing football, every major business knows that if, I mean, we're just televised. Have you noticed how many games we're getting at half 12 now, which mm. is high, high peak viewing time around the world we are we're, we're getting we've had so many it's unbelievable and and that's because TV chooses the top class team who's going to produce football and people want to watch that game and I think the tide is turning now and it's already starting to turn financially and what I was reading in the Swiss Ramble is that we are starting to eclipse United we're still behind United on certain things shirt sales, global shirt sales, um, sponsorship United, we're always probably number one at, we are just starting to eclipse them. So if we're heading in that direction, I can see hopefully business management at the club is, is exceptional. You know, we've got some really, really uh, good people. So, so before, yeah. before, before number two kicks off, um, because I know that he's going to—he's he, got the financial knowledge that, that we all that we're looking for as well. God. But um, the the one thing that that uh, the one tweet that I saw from a a Dipper supporter is that he said that the majority of supporters are upset because City have gained their popularity through money. But my my flip to that is that. The teams back in the day, your your the red Manchester team, the Dippers, uh, Chelsea, and even Tottenham to to some degree, they earned their popularity because they were winning a lot. And the reason they were winning a lot is because they had the, the the best players and and they were they they were doing well. So so my my thoughts on that is that to get into that level where guys have had the, the the pick of the litter for the popular players and the, and the guys that are going to get you the interest from an international 
international audience, you need to spend money. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. I, I mean, it, for what I know, that Man City have probably more supporters locally than than a lot of the top tier clubs. Uh, probably barring the Dippers, I think they've got quite a good support because none of them work. But so, so, so number two, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, okay. So various points here. First one, the numbers. Um, obviously, number one mentioned quite a lot about commercial deals and you know how the media and these bitter fans portray. It. Oh yeah, there's a deal with Emirates Palace. There's a deal with this company, that company. It's all still coming out of the UAE. Therefore, it's tainted money. Blah 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 blah. Chairman's money. He owns all these companies. This this that and the other. It's all a load of bollocks. People need to get out of this mindset, this negative, defeatist mindset that, oh, because of all these merchandise deals and all of these deals that Man City are doing, it's just because, uh, just because, uh, you know, the owner this, the owner that, it's a state-run club. Let's get this absolutely crystal clear. Was anybody pulling any faces back in the early 2000s when a certain team in red signed a multi-year deal with Vodafone. I'm sure you'll remember the deal. And it was and yep. it was lauded in the media as the biggest deal in, in history. And, you know, they should be so proud of this and so proud of this and so proud of that. It's a joke. Um, people need to get away from this mindset, this defeatist mindset that, yeah, we, we've signed deals with Etihad. Yes, it's, it's owned by the same company that owns owns the club so what if they're funneling money through it's been UEFA did their investigation everyone's saying oh it was fixed we've got the best lawyers in the world the best this the best that reality is UEFA knew they were beaten we beat UEFA the lawyers beat UEFA people need to get back in the box get away from this attitude that Man City are buying this and buying that and playing the game football teams have been playing the game for years if people want to pick and start pointing fingers. Point your fingers at Paris Saint-Germain. Go and point your fingers at a club who are less than 50 years old, a club who have now become more of a fashion label than they have as a football club. Their shirt sponsor is Air Jordan, which is a fashion brand. It's not an a a apparel brand, it's a fashion brand. They have, they, they have branded trainers, they have branded absolutely everything you can imagine. Paris Saint-Germain is Nike's way of of selling shirts they have become a brand they are no better than mcdonald's they are no better than burger king they are a world acclaimed brand which has a front of a football team a football team which is going down the pan when Kylian mbappe signs for madrid in the summer on a free transfer qatar were offered 150 million euros to take in this summer to which they said your money means nothing to us well we'll see won't we anyway that's paris saint germain out of the way next part let's talk finances People want to talk Man City ruining football with spending too much money. So we signed Jack Grealish for, I think, Being Sports described it this weekend as a, and I think it was a quote of humongous expenditure. It was something along these lines. Anyway, it was embarrassing for them. But let's get the facts right here. Over the summer, we sold Ferran Torres, 55 million euros. Angelino, a player who we bought, loaned out to New York City bought back into the club for pittance and sold him for 18 million euros. 
Jack Harrison, who scored a hat-trick in the weekend for Leeds against West Ham, 12.8 million euros, and Lucas Nemecha, an academy product. Argument being that the majority of the money that we've generated for this so-called mega signing of Jack Grealish has been generated through sales. And the year before, we sold Leroy Sané for £50 million. So everyone wants to sit there and talk about Man City ruining football, but yet with the financial numbers that I'm seeing is all we're doing is breaking even on what we're spending and making profit during a COVID lockdown and being the only club to do that whilst dominating the Premier League and in turn making money. People just need to take a chill pill, calm down. Man City are here to stay. We're dominating the league. We're dominating the financials. We're making more money. We're making more revenue. We're paying the right amount of money for players. We didn't sign Harry Kane. Yes, we wanted him, but we didn't sign him. Who we end up with, I don't know. But I'm sure that if that is going to happen, we'll balance the books and we'll do it in the summer and it'll be all within financial fair play. UEFA can get back in their box. Paris Saint-Germain can get back in the box. Tabas in La Liga with his washed, finished league with no Ronaldo, no Messi. La Liga's done. It's finished. The guy is a joke and he takes the fact that his product has been destroyed by two of their biggest players leaving. He wants to take everything out on Man City to believe that we're the reason that this has happened. But two of his poster boys have ended up at Man U and PSG, respectively. Two marquee signings, which arguably don't add anything to any of the teams. PSG playing a Farmers League where they would have won the league with or without him. And they will not win the Champions League this year. In addition to that, Penaldo's gone to Man U and actually taken them backwards. So, in, in summary, what are we really doing wrong? Apart from winning games, breaking records, doing it within financial fair play and boiling a lot of piss along the way. I think that if you're not a Manchester City fan and you support other clubs, the derogatory comments that are coming in the media towards Man City is nothing more than just pure jealousy. Where really, they actually probably are super jealous and actually admit without saying it, that wow, Manchester City is a club that is run off the charts amazing because on the pitch amazing and off the pitch amazing and we had to get to a stage where we are now where I think we made two million profit and then I think we lost some money but then after that we've had three consecutive years making money and as as a visible fan number two said we have done it through two COVID seasons. So it's nothing more than jealousy, in my opinion. And let it continue because it's not going to get them anywhere. If anything, if they start to follow Manchester City, they'll probably end up becoming a better club for it. But they just don't want to admit that. It's that simple. So a lot of um, pundits, if you can call it that, that because they generally very biased and they, they have paid puppets is what you're looking yeah, for the word you're puppets. looking for is paid exactly. puppets exactly anyway well so do you, do you guys think that 
the Premier League is done? Or are we in for a few surprises? Um, I'm just trying to pull up our next few pictures. So, so our next uh, Premier League game is Southampton away, which I'm not too worried about. Then we've got Brentford, then we've got Norwich, then we've got Tottenham, then we've got Everton, then we've got the, 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 the red ones. Um, so if we win all of those games, then I assume the league is done. But do you guys think it's done now? I always said if City were top by Christmas, that we would probably go on to win it. Um, a lot of people disagreed with me at the start of the season, that we would be, but I said, who do you think will be top by Christmas? And I said, I think it will be us. Been proven correct. I'm not blowing my own trumpet on that. I'm just glad that I am correct. But I think we've got the best team. And I think that the way they're playing at the moment, we'll get results even if we have to grind them out. Um, you, you've got to remember, the start of the season, the Bruno was out, Bowden was out, Sterling wasn't playing like he is now. We didn't have a striker, but what we did have was a great back four, great midfield, and we had a team that works for each other. And I can't see that stopping. And if it doesn't stop, then I think we'll go on to win the league. It's going to take something calamitous to stop City winning this league, in my opinion. Number yeah. two. I mean, we always talk them famous lines of its typical City, but should them, well, get into the Champions League final after the season we had and losing to a team who are inferior to us, was typical City. Do I believe we will drop the baton? Absolutely not. I believe we're too strong, we've got too much depth. Am I going to sit here and go, it's done? Absolutely never. I've been a fan long enough to know that we don't do things, well, historically we don't do things the easy way. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the running, away at Southampton, at home to Brentford, away at Norwich, you would expect nine points from that. At home to Tottenham, yeah, I don't see us losing, but Conte sets his team up in a certain defensive mindset, um, play on the break. Everton away, who were rumoured today that Rooney's going to be in charge there, which could rejuvenate them. <laughs> so let's see, which is laughable in itself. Um, then Man United at, at uh, the Etihad, I mean, I don't fear that. I fear Crystal Palace away more than Man United at home these days. But anyway, um, I mean, when, when you look at it, I mean, I'm never going to sit here and say 100% it's done, put a fork in it. But from what I see, the, the squad that we have, the players that we have, the fact that this COVID situation has hit us and we've gone through the whole Christmas period unscathed, not even close to being dispossessed or any points taken away um, the team's only going to get stronger you know these boys that have been out with the virus arguably have had a, a welcome rest um, <laughs> Cal Walker out for six weeks back it's like he was never even away um, we've got the depth we've got 
yeah, KDB coming back into form. Um, you know, this weekend the bench was a little bit light. Light. There was obviously still some niggling cases. But the longer this situation goes on, it just benefits us. Um, I mean, it's horrible for the world and horrible for a lot of people. But if anything wins the title this year, it'll be our consistency in the squad depth. And, and I don't see us... I think there was a statistic over the weekend that um, for Chelsea to win the league, they would have to win every single game and we'd have to lose four. I don't see us losing two, never mind four. Um, Liverpool, as it stands, they haven't got Salad, they haven't got uh, Mane. They're away for the next two or three weeks, minimum. And they're doing a very good job of kicking and screaming to the authorities to get games cancelled, but we expect nothing less. Um, a lot but, of false you know, positives, eh? Yeah, false positives, yeah. A lot of false positives, anyway, eh? Don't want to get into politics, but nope. um, let's just say that uh, Toxtuff COVID is... Uh, He's, he's alive and well at Melwood Training Ground. Um, the reality of the situation is everyone can see what's happening. Arsenal are as bad as anyone, what they did at the weekend with the Spurs. We've got one case and we've decided, oh, we don't fancy it this weekend, so we'll just have a weekend off. It's embarrassing. The Premier League really need to put their foot down and say, look, we've got a, we've got, we can't have a situation where we've got teams who are, you know, four games behind, five games behind. I think Burnley... I've had four games off on the bounce. You know, it's getting it's getting embarrassing for the league and the entertainment value. Um, but anyway, back back to Man City. Original answer to the question: Do I see us winning it? Yeah, I do. Am I going to say it's done? Never. Um, but if we continue in the same way we are, the rotation is well. We're putting plays in against the right teams. We're not overexerting ourselves against in games that we don't need to. I believe that Pepper's got a vendetta, which is to go into the latter stages of the Champions League with the freshest possible team that he can. And if he throws everything at the Premier League and gets it touch wood wrapped up, he can throw everything at the latter stages of that, and we can, you know, try and um, try and go for the one that it seems like everybody really, really wants. But let's see. Well, we signed at Haaland this January. <laughs> As a question, I've, I've seen a few rumours. No, no, I don't. I don't think we will. No. Been, <laughs> For me, we, I, ha we haven't been in the media a lot this January when City are the buying club that buy every Tom, Dick, and Harry under the sun, and we haven't even been anywhere close to the front pages. So maybe there's well, a sneaky let's see. Sneaky. I mean, the whole Harry Kane situation getting led down the garden path it was happening it wasn't happening he wanted out he wanted in it's like the okie koki i mean no one knew what was going on and um i mean that petered out would i still have him today yeah absolutely um do i believe that harland is a better now a long-term option yes but do i believe that he's going to be a problem no do i believe his agent will be a problem in the long term yes i do uh, i think if It'll be one of them situations. Um, they've used Brucey Dortmund um, very well. well. Brucey Dortmund have got a reputation now as a as a club that bring in young players and then put them out at big money. You look at Sancho, you look at uh, Dembele, uh, you look at potentially Haaland. They are the new Porto. They're bringing these players in, they're blooding them, they're putting them in the team. 
they're putting him in a competitive league and then they're putting him out the door for four, five, six times what they paid for them. Um, they are a machine at churning out these players. Haaland, is he the right fit for Man City? I think mentality-wise, yes. Do I believe that his father will lead him down the right way with him being an ex-player for us? Yeah, I do. Do I believe he's got his... He'd be a great player for us? Yes, I do. But there's always that lingering doubt. Look at players like Paul Pogba. You look at him, who represents him. There tends to be issues with this boy, Raiola's players. Mm. Issues that I don't believe the players are, are creating for themselves, but an issue where this boy sits there and talks way too much. Do I believe Pep would would entertain that and entertain that guy? Uh, well, not Haaland, but his agent being in and around and chatting to different players and getting numbers of our players and disrupting the influence? Who knows? Um, the reality is it's going to be very, very interesting. Do I believe he'll come to Man City? Who knows? It looks like Mbappe is going to Madrid. The rumour is that Barcelona want Haaland, but they haven't got a pot to piss in, so... Who knows? They, they couldn't. Um, they couldn't register Guero. There's no way. Yeah. And they got a Guero on a free. There's no way they're getting. They're going to register. Well, the rumor is they want to sell Frankie De Jong. I wouldn't mind him as a long-term Fernandinho replacement. Take him. Take him. Yeah. And the take rumor him. on that is 60, 70 million. I think you know you bring him in, he gives you something massive in that midfield for the next six or seven years. Um, but he's going to take time to bed in. Um, but yeah, I think you know if Barcelona are serious about doing what they say they're going to be doing, apparently he's he's the name where they're going to recoup some of the money. But, but let's see, it's going to be interesting in the summer. But there's a long season to go. Um, we, I think, you know, Man City, we need to really, really push on. The Premier League is looking good. Um, I'd love an FA Cup. Um, obviously, the League Cup or our Cup, we're out of that now. So what can you do? But um, you know, a treble wouldn't be too bad, would it? Not that I want to preempt anything, but I'm sure that if you was to look at the position we're in in, in uh, January, top of the league, we've got a good draw in the um, FA Cup against Fulham. We've got a good draw against Sporting Lisbon in the Champions League. Things are looking on the up, um, and I'd like to feel as if with the squad we have, the way they're playing, we should be fighting all on all fronts uh, come the end of the season. Number one, final thoughts? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, when it comes to players, I, I don't think we'll sign anyone in January. I don't think we need to. I think it might, if we do, upset the apple cart a bit. Um, and that's not something I want in this team at the moment, quite frankly. Uh, Harland or Kane next year? Both. Uh, sorry, not both together, but as in, I'd, I'd take them, either one of them. Um, Kane's got the Premier League experience. I don't think he's happy at Tottenham. I think he's been told to stay. Uh, Haaland, I agree with his agent. Bit of a trouble causer. Look at the players who, who he's got managing under, underneath him. Um, always a few problems. Pep knows that. Pep's dealt with him. Um, but Haaland is a talent there's no doubt about it uh, but I don't think it's going to happen this year so just push that to one side um, look, looking at what remaining trophies we've got left FA Cup uh, against Fulham and Sporting Lisbon in the Champions League I think what 
fan number two was saying there is um, if we can get the, the Premier League fairly boxed up as soon as possible, it does give us that opportunity to focus on the Champions League. And I think at the moment, this is probably uh, probably one of our best years in terms of who, what the strengths of the opposition are. Um, I mean, last year against Chelsea, just a bit of a calamitous change of team in that last game. Um, so real, realistically, Pep's going to learn from that. And I think he has learned from it. And I think this season you can see that he's starting to, he's not scared of dropping players like Sterling. Um, he, he wasn't performing and look look at, look how good it, it, it's worked out with Sterling. He's starting to get his form back and he's starting to perform again. And and you have to do that. And Bernardo Silva's been off the charts this season. Brilliant. Um, Foden, not so great, but that's probably because he's not played so many games. But we've still got another half the season to go. You start bringing Foden and De Bruyne into it and we're, we're a stronger team. Um, this, for me, is our strongest squad and most harmonious squad with such strength in numbers where it can sometimes be the opposite of harmonious. It can be a bit players get the grudge with other players because they're not getting the game time and they're a bit jealous, etc. But the team just seems to be completely one for all, all for one. And I actually think this season could be the season that we we step up and we actually move forward. Uh, I really, really do feel strongly about that. Um, so I, I think this club has got the potential to go from strength to strength. Three Premier League titles on the bounce. I think it's only been done once before, hasn't it? Yeah, by, by our red friends. <laughs> by the neighbours down the road. But um, Imagine four. Ooh, imagine four on the imagine, bounce. Imagine, they never uh, imagine it four. They'd never live it down. And that's oh what we God. want to start to achieve. We, we need to start achieving history that is going to be so challenging to, to break records. And we are on the way to do that. Um, we just need to keep our heads composed and move forward game by game. And I just see it in the players. They're just so harmonious and they've got each other's back. It's it's really, really promising. And I, I, I've not felt like this before, actually, about squad depth. But I think this team is going places for sure. Yeah. And... Um, Knowing City, they'll it probably won't go massive in the market. When I say massive, they might go for a, a marquee signing, but they'll probably just get a marquee signing and a player that they'll build into a position over the course of two seasons. Yeah, but you look um, at what's coming through: Cole Palmer. I yeah, mean, well, I've got the lock. I mean, he looks unbelievable the right. other week. That Cole Palmer looks a player, and I've watched him in the EDS. And there's some of the goals he scores there. He, he's a bit by Wiving Shaw De Bruyne. He's got <laughs> talent. And he's got an eye for goal. And yeah. there's another lad in who, who, who are highly rate um in the EDS. He's uh, I think it's James McAtee. 
I know yeah. McAtee's his surname. I'm not sure about his first name, but I think it's James McAtee. A talented player. And, you know, you look at that level of talent and I think these players are going to be good enough to get through into the City first team. Just at the moment, it's extremely difficult. Um, we've got players out on loan that might come back. Uh, so they just need to get blooded and be given an opportunity. City are becoming a production line. And whether that's a production line to sell and make money, if they're not good enough, so be it. If you're good enough, you're a free, top-class player coming off the production line. And I think that that is starting to bear fruits at Manchester City at the moment.